Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio, back to work on a Monday morning. All right, tomorrow the Kansas City Chiefs will be down to 53 men. So will every other team in the NFL. It's a tough time. We heard that multiple times during the broadcast on Saturday with Dan and Mitch and Art and everyone talking about it's the worst time of the year, especially after watching these kids go out and give everything they can on this on the field during the preseason. Some mistakes, obviously they gone, but then you see kids like Smith Marset who just balled out. I know it's twos and threes, but I kept hearing Dan say, is there a way they can have seven receivers? What about eight? That would be unprecedented. It's not going to happen. No, they'll have the full complement of receivers or maybe one more because that is a key a key segment of the Kansas City roster. But no, the, the cut has to come. What makes it a little different this year is this is the first time you can only have just the one cut. Now, that doesn't mean you can't cut players before, which many teams have done, but the Chiefs haven't. They have maybe waived one or two, but the big cut is tomorrow at 3 o'clock Central Time. That's to get down to the 53-man roster. And that makes it a little tough for some of those guys who are hanging on. Now, it also makes it a rather interesting package for many of the other teams because there will be a lot of free agents who are pretty doggone good ball players who will suddenly be free and maybe uh, could make their own deals, and uh, unlikely that's going to happen. Does that affect the Chiefs? It could, because the Chiefs will have to revamp, at least looking right now, as though they're going to have to revamp their defensive core. That's if Chris Jones doesn't play, and it doesn't look like, well, what are we, a little less than two weeks away from the opener? Doesn't Mm -hmm. look like he is, because the word is all not good at all. He says he'll sit out until week eight. He could sit out until week eight, unless they come to terms. And they haven't come to terms and don't even appear to be close. According to the reports, they are far, far apart in their contract negotiations. So there's a lot that can go on here in the next week and a half. But certainly tomorrow's cut down day to 53 players is going to be very interesting to see who they keep and who they don't. And that Chris Jones situation. Supposedly, he and the Katz brothers are in Kansas City as of yesterday. That was a good sign. Our report I read, I've also heard that there's a possibility they might be looking to trade uh, Clyde to free up some cap space. I know that's only like $2 million, but still, who knows? We don't know nothing until it actually happens, and that will be tomorrow afternoon, and then we can talk about everything on Wednesday. But, like I said at the beginning, it's a tough time for those kids, especially after hearing uh, um, Danan's perspective. As, as, as he viewed it from a player who was cut and just said, I'm done, and walked away after, you know, it's it's a tough thing. You know, you give everything you can for 20 years, and then it's over, buddy. Norwegian Cowboy, he's back. <laughs> the Norwegian Cowboy is very rich. His name is Victor Hovland, and yeah, he grew up in Norway, so yeah, he is a Norwegian, but he played his college golf at Oklahoma State. That makes him a cowboy, a Norwegian Cowboy, and his score of 27 under par earned him $18 million. That's what the winner gets for capturing the Tour Championship, which Hovland did in very impressive fashion. 27 under par. Now, that's a tiny little bit misleading. He, he actually played the four rounds in 19 under par, but he started 8 under. That's the way they do it for the Tour Championship. The winner, Scotty Scheffler, started at 10 under, but he did not have... A very good four rounds at all, and uh, he plummeted down in the standings a little bit. Second place finisher gets six and a half million dollars. That's that's pretty fair. 
But nonetheless, it was a victory for Victor Hovland. And now the competition, while there are tournaments that go on, the regular season has come to an end. The tournaments for next year begin very shortly, and the golfers accrue points. That's that's how you get to the final 30. There are only 30 golfers who played at East Lake in Atlanta. But many of them now are concentrating on an event about four and a half weeks from now, and that is the Ryder Cup, the USA versus the world. Actually, it's it's Europe is what it is, but a, and most of the players from around the world are playing in this thing. And this year, the venue will be in, in just outside Rome, Italy. So this is a little different from where they have played in the past, but the Ryder Cup will be coming up, and that is very interesting, very chauvinistic. As a and of a lot of good competition. Uh, speaking of the playoffs, NASCAR is into their playoffs, and some guys made it in at the last minute, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a little misleading to some of the uh, casual uh, NASCAR fans. The the race was the Coke Zero 400, the old Firecracker 400. They ran it at Daytona, and Chris Buescher got the victory in it. But it also solidified the final 16 drivers who will compete now for the NASCAR championship. There are eight more races remaining. Does that mean that only 16 drivers compete? No, 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 no. The whole field will be competing. But there are only 16 right now who are eligible to win the NASCAR postseason, or actually regular season championship. So uh, there'll be 16 after two events. The field is cut to 12. Then it's cut down to eight and four. And then finally, the final individuals who will be eligible and they'll race in Miami. And that'll be in November. It's Again, the entire field will be there, all 40 drivers, but only several of them are eligible for that championship. The next race is coming up Sunday, and it's the Southern 500 in Darlington, South Carolina. I know my buddies were glued to that TV to the end to see who was going to make it in, but that's the exciting part about NASCAR, especially in the playoffs. Their assessment to say that the pilot light has blown out for the Cardinals at this point in the season. I would have said about a month ago it was gone, but there was a lot of people holding on. Well, either that or somebody lost the cattle prod because they aren't doing a thing out there. This is a three-game series with Philadelphia they had this weekend, and the Cardinals got ten hits. Sounds like a lot, except ten hits over three games? Not. That's three hits a game, folks. They had two yesterday. Philadelphia wins it 3 nothing. Philadelphia sweeps the series. And the Cardinals, yeah, they were out of it a while ago, but boy, they aren't playing with any fire at all right now, and that's very disturbing. Even had uh, Nolan Arnado, who sat out uh, the latter part of Friday and all of Saturday's game with back spasms. And that can happen. After all, he's a magnificent athlete who gives it his all. Did come back a little bit yesterday, but he just didn't have quite the spark that Nolan Arnado would. And they, just, they just aren't playing very well at all. And it's quite obvious now, 19 games under the 500 mark, 17 games out of first place. Season's over, folks. They're... They're not going to make it. No, they are not mathematically eliminated, but realistically, man, they, they can't do it. Face the San Diego Padres coming up in a three-game series tonight, tomorrow night, and Wednesday afternoon. So we'll, we'll see if the Cardinals can respond with maybe some of their younger players. Hey, guys, don't worry. Football's back a week from this Thursday, so it's okay. <laughs> Put on a different color red, different shade of red with some gold in there as well. All right, how about the Royals? They do okay this weekend? No, they lost to Seattle 3-2 to and got swept by the Seattle Mariners. And the Mariners, folks, the Mariners have now taken over first place in the American League West. They took it away from the Texas Rangers yesterday with that 3-2 win and Texas lost. That, Mike, when you take a look at the standings, is a tremendous... You, you, you don't get races better than this. In the American League 
Western Division, you have three teams within one game of each other. You have three teams, the Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros, and the Seattle Mariners. They're all within one game of each other. It's going to come down to the final game of the season. <laughs> It'd be really interesting to see who finally emerges. They're all they're all great teams. When too long ago, the uh, NL Central was like that. And but, uh, those days are long gone, Milwaukee, my Milwaukee and Chicago, the Cubs have pretty much uh, really flexed their muscles in that division. So the National League Central, not quite as not quite as closely combined as the American League West does. American League Central isn't very good at all. It looks like the Minnesota Twins will win that one. But how about the big story in local baseball? And that is the Springfield Cardinals. Here, here you have a game yesterday. This is a Sunday afternoon game with the Corpus Christi Hooks. It's a getaway game. Going into the last of the ninth inning, the Springfield Cardinals trailed 14-6. to And they won the game. Now, you put the math together, folks. That's right. They scored nine runs in the ninth inning and won the game 15-14. to How often does that happen? Maybe once every 20, 25, 30 years, somewhere around that. But the Cardinals did it yesterday, a nine-run ninth inning, and they got the win. Now, there were 2,000. I think the crowd was listed at just over 2,000. How many of them were around at the end when the score was 14-6? to Nobody! I don't know that for a fact. I wasn't there. But the... <laughs> If they stayed around, they were re- uh, rewarded with a terrific come from behind. Well, a once in a lifetime come from behind win. And uh, most of those guys are just trying to sober up so they can get <laughs> home. So hopefully, they had the time of their lives. The Little League Baseball World Championship remains in the U.S. in a dramatic fashion. As dramatic as you can possibly get. El Segundo, California wins six to five. They beat Curacao six to five, and it was a walk-off home run. Home run. Sixth inning, and El Segundo wins the thing 6-5. to five. Those kids were celebrating and still are, as a matter of fact. Oh, hell yeah, they are. That's the Little League World Championship, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and El Segundo, California is the champ. And I left my wallet in El Segundo. Ned, you have a great day. I'll see you down the road.